Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Trey Colbeck, Adam Stewart. Welcome one and all to our live Week 8 CFL preview show here tonight. Uh, we've got an exciting announcement to kick things off. Uh, we'll go through some of the major storylines for each upcoming game, discuss the best fantasy options available, and we'll make our picks against the spread here tonight as well. We'll also take your comments. We'll take your questions in the chat throughout the night as well. We are live, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash Game Time TV MB. Hello to everybody joining us live, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, the Game Time TV YouTube page. Hello to everybody listening after the fact as well. Uh, before I bring in the rest of our panel here tonight, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Zoto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in the rest of the panel here this evening. First, in the middle of the screen, it's great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how you doing tonight? Fantastic, boys. Ready to talk some football. Let's get at it. Awesome, awesome. And uh, joining us here as well, the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you tonight? Doing real well, Ryan. Uh, ready to get on and get on with some football tonight. Yeah, so lots of fun stuff to talk about tonight. Always look forward to previewing another week in the CFL with you guys. Cannot believe we are here at week number eight of the season already. Seems things are flying by. Uh, we're going to get into talking about all of these things shortly. But first, we teased it all week uh, on social media and everything. A uh, very exciting announcement. We have a new sponsor here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Uh, we here on the podcast are proud to enter a paid partnership with BetStamp for the remainder of the 2022 CFL season. Uh, BetStamp's a free app that helps you find the best value in regards to online sports betting. Uh, there are so many different sports books out there these days. Each one offers you different prices on the same games. Whether you're fresh into the world of sports betting like myself or you're a resident expert like Trey, uh, BetStamp makes it real easy for you to maximize the return on your picks. You simply pull up the game on the app, uh, see the odds offered by each of the different sportsbook affiliates all in one convenient place. Find some odds you like. You can sign up straight uh, for the corresponding site through the BetStamp bet link page. See all the affiliates, see all the prices there. And if you even want some extra insight before you place your wagers, want to see what others are picking you can check out the commission free bet stamp marketplace where you can see the bets that others have placed and uh, through their verified bet tracking you get the guarantee that the odds others have picked based on are verified and legitimate so all of us here i think are very excited for this partnership because well one not only does it benefit us here and helps grow the show but it benefits you and the listeners as well. Uh, you know, first off, starting today, you'll notice a, a revamped betting segment on our weekly preview show. So later on in the show, uh, instead of whereas up until now, we've been kind of using the same site's odds every time, we're going to use BetStamp to align the, our picks with uh, betting lines that will help you maximize your value a little bit. So you can look forward to that. Uh, you can also follow the Canadian Football Countdown directly on the uh, the marketplace there. You can track our picks, track our success throughout the season. We've been on a bit of a tear lately, so you're going to want to follow along. Uh, and you can take that into account when you make your picks as well. And finally, last of all, 
All the money we're making from this partnership, we're investing right back into the podcast itself to continue to grow the show and continue to bring a better uh, experience for you, the viewer, or you, the listener. So uh, very excited about all of that. And you can visit betstamp.app or download the free app from the App Store. Sign up with referral code CFC for Canadian Football Countdown. Uh, Start using BetStamp free today. Best of luck with your wagers. And remember, always bet responsibly. Uh, Boys, what do you think? Uh, Very excited here for for a revamp betting segment. I know we've been been on a a good roll here lately. And I, I think we could turn this into maybe making some money here for ourselves and the listeners. Yeah, you know, I guess as the uh, betting resident uh, or expert resident, it's great. Again, always play responsible. Uh, Don't, you know, I have a job where I pretty much am paid to gamble all day. So, you know, don't always take what I say into account. I work in horse racing. So if I don't bet, I might lose my job. So don't always take what I say 100% to heart. But other than that, always have fun. Like I was just at the downs today and I'm really excited to talk some football gambling with you guys as well. Uh, Adam, what do you think? You know, I'm just real excited for what this is going to mean for the podcast. I mean, we're going to have a better podcast. We're going to have better experiences. Uh, Let's face it. It's cool that you get to see other sites and see what exactly where you can get your best odds from. So uh, kudos to a page like BetStamp like this that has everything all in one spot that's real easy to use. Uh, That's really going to help a guy like me that, you know, uh, is factor all day and bored. So, you know, looking up bets is probably a thing I might start doing. And it's all on one page. I don't have to go messing around, looking around everywhere else. But like Trey said, don't bet the farm. Seriously, don't bet the farm. Uh, but hey, gamble responsibly, have some fun with it. And uh, that's what we're all here for, right? Have a little bit of fun. Exactly. And uh, you'll get to see a little bit of what the app looks like later on in the show if you're watching the video feed where we will uh, go through kind of some of the odds, some of the lines for each of the games for week number eight. Before we get into the storylines for each of those games, I think, Trey, you had a story you wanted to bring up here, uh, not directly tied to a game this week. Yeah, so I don't know if everyone has seen it, but um, contributor of Bonfire Sports TV, Zach Schnitzer, and a friend of ours who plays in our uh, fantasy football podcast league, came up with an article today, uh, Coming Back Stronger, How the Blue Bombers Helped Me Recover from Mental Illness. First of all, I just want to give a big shout out to him. That is, you know, a tough thing to do. I don't know if he's going to see this. I don't know if he watches our show regularly. But, you know, if he does, I really appreciate that. And, um, uh, you know, if you guys give me a couple minutes just to kind of go off of it, you know, I kind of went through a similar thing in 2019. I was going through a preamp to a divorce and um, I'd spent some time in a hospital because of attempted suicide in 2019. And, uh I've never been medically diagnosed, but a therapist strongly suggests I have borderline personality disorder, which causes mood swings, depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like it's kind of my response, you know, not responsibility, but seeing a guy like Zach do a stand-up thing, he made me feel better about myself thinking, you know what, the Bombers kind of saved my life too in 2019. I kind of felt silly about that, but then seeing a guy like Zach come out and say that, uh, gives you a little reassurance, you know, and uh, he made me feel better. And I'm sure he made a lot of other people feel better. So I hope uh, I can make at least one person that watches our show feel better today. And uh, I don't know if anyone saw this, but Patty, uh, Patty, the baddie UFC fighter from the UK, he had an emotional story too about that. You know, he, he said, I'd rather have a mate cry on my shoulder than me attend his funeral next week. So, you know, always reach out and uh, 
mental health and men's mental health, you know, we really got to keep keep the conversation going. It's more than just a one day talk in January when uh, it's hashtag Bell Let's Talk Day, right? We can talk every day about it. And that's all I want to say, guys. Thanks for the time. Yeah, I think that's a great message, Trey. And thank you for opening up and thank you for sharing that. And thanks to Zach for sharing that in the article as well. Uh, I'll, I'll link the article in the in the live chats here for those watching the, the videos, assuming I did that properly. And uh, very happy to have you here today, Trey. Happy to get to know you and happy to have you here as a part of the podcast. And, and uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say thanks for uh, sharing that message and, and for being you. Um, Adam? Yeah. No, I mean, let's face it. It takes a lot to get onto a microphone every day and just talk like, like we do here. But talking about a thing like mental health is a very, very, very tough thing to do for any person. Uh, it takes a very, very strong man to do such a thing. And Trey, yeah, no, I, I, I a hundred percent, uh, uh, support you in any way on this. And, uh, yeah, uh, same thing with you, Zach. I know if you're listening, uh, it's always good to talk and that's the main thing talk if you if you feel bad or feel feel something's wrong talk to the right people talk to your friends don't think don't think you're alone you never are yeah couldn't have said any of that better myself wholeheartedly agree as somebody who's you know struggled stress anxiety a ton of that stuff myself everybody's going through their own battles everybody's fighting something let's all fight it together and continue to support one another uh, and football itself can be a great breakaway, uh, as we've talked about, uh, from, you know, all the, the daily struggles of life. And it's a lot of fun. I know personally for me to come here and talk football two nights a week with all of y'all and Michael, of course, as well. Uh, and everybody watching and listening. And it's just great to chat about this game that uh, brings so much joy into our lives. Sometimes frustrations, but a lot of joy as well. So, uh, let's get into talking about the week, uh, eight games here. Uh, Adam, what do we got for, uh, the first game of the week? So our first game of the week is heading out to the Steel City. Uh, Hamilton will be hosting the Montreal Alouettes tomorrow night, uh, 5.30 Central, uh, 4.30 Eastern. Uh, that game there, I believe that, uh, this is the first game back for, uh, former head coach Kahari Jones, uh, facing his old team. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest storyline going into this one here, uh, just because we don't know exactly how much of the playbook has changed over for Montreal when it went to Danny Machocha. What are some things that you think Hamilton are going to exploit because Kahari Jones is there? Uh, Ron, you can go first. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. That was me first, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, he's got a lot of inside knowledge. I, I can tell you Montreal hasn't full, wholeheartedly changed the playbook and the schemes in the two weeks since Gahari Jones left. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, both, A, how much knowledge he brings and how much of the stamp he's placing on the new uh, Newark offense, so to say, for the Ticats in his consultant role that Montreal's going to pick up on here. But I think there is room to to exploit a few things uh, against the Alouettes defense here. I don't think this is, I think it's a very beatable team. You know, the Ticats, the Alouettes, they're two teams in, in a, that are struggling in the East Division race, uh, as you know, most teams are. Uh, so I think there are a lot of things that they, they can exploit here. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Montreal's defense is quite that deep. I would put them maybe lower down on the league in depth. So, 
uh, Kahari's had the inside look at all of that, and, and there's a great opportunity for him to, uh, to you know, design plays that hopefully, you know, bring the best out of Dane Evans and bring the best out of that run game for Hamilton that uh, I think is going to relieve a lot of the pressure on Dane Evans. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I mean, that's what I look for from Hamilton every week is, you know, run the ball, use a guy like Don Jackson. Uh, but Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm hoping Kahari can help with Hamilton getting more points on the board. Just looking really quickly, they are they have the second least points forwarded. And the only team that has less is Toronto, who's played a less game. And there's also teams like Calgary and BC who have played less games and have way more points. Like, they need to start scoring points. And, you know, Kahari, I'm hoping, like I said last, I think on Monday or last week, Kahari better be whispering, run the ball, you know, and get, get that yard game going. And then that's going to open up things. and down the field and I believe I saw was Vernon Adams added to the one game injured list again so this is going to be uh <clears throat> Harris's team for the foreseeable future I don't know if Kahari's going to help on the defensive end but you got to get to him too on the on that side of the ball you got to get in his face you got to slow him down in any run game they have so it's crazy that you know this is the battle for second place right now a two and four one three all versus one and five Hamilton and you know I guess nothing's a gimme, but Toronto plays the winless Ottawa. So you would assume Toronto should win that one. So yeah, this is a battle for second and uh, two teams in the East might be all that we see in the playoffs this year. Right. So this is a big early, uh, early season matchup, but yeah, I think Kahari is going to have to give all the secrets, but who, yeah, I don't know who knows how much is still there. You know, I guess it takes time for everything to change, but I guess we'll, uh, we'll find out tomorrow night. Right. For Kahari doesn't also just go and try to go and get Alouettes off their game by hitting uh, certain guys or just kind of, you know, poking. Uh, the word would be poke the bear. Uh, go and try to get some penalties uh, drawn from Montreal. Montreal team, just like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So to me, if Kahari wants to go and expose something and wants to prove a point, he would go and say, well, you know, I got fired for that. So. Maybe there's something still there. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm really looking for out of Kahari Jones uh, tomorrow night here uh, over in Hamilton. Uh, you alluded to it earlier there, Trey. Uh, Vernon Adams is on the one-game injured list. Uh, how much of that is really him actually injured? And how much of it is we're starting to maybe sit him because we know we're going to trade him soon? Uh, Trey? Yeah, it's probably that. And if you're on the uh, injured list, does your salary count? Like, I'm not sure what the CFL rules are. I know some leagues it doesn't and some leagues it does. I know his salary is probably not huge, but it's probably a couple hundred thousand that they could use elsewhere if he's on the injured list, right? So uh, probably trying the, the whole uh, take him out in the second inning because there's a good chance he's going to get traded before the game's over kind of mentality there. You know, we saw a checklist uh, with a certain uh, team out west that has his name on it. I'm sure there's other teams that definitely want him potentially, but you know, who knows? You know, we've seen that we you kind of need that one A one B quarterback at times in the CFL, and or definitely have a strong backup. So we kind of all shook our heads uh, when we saw Edmonton make the weird trade to get rid of our buckle because we kind of thought, well, he's at least a solid guy to have as a backup. You would think, especially with the injuries they're having, but you never know what. Uh, what guys like Chris Jones and some of the other GMs and uh, co head coaches want, uh, Ryan? Yeah, and I feel like, I wonder if part of this is that, you know, they've got a solid third stringer too in Dominic Davis, right? Who, 
is arguably the, the leading offensive player for the Alouettes in the last number of weeks. What does he have? Five rushing touchdowns. I, I know he put up a big total in CFL fantasy last week. But yeah, it is interesting because uh, I don't think he was overly injured. I mean, he was the backup the past couple of weeks. Vernon Adams Jr. was. This week he was limited in practice. You know, if a guy's being put on the one-game injured list, you, you kind of wonder why wasn't he the past couple of weeks? Like, what has changed then? I, I could see what you're saying that, you know, maybe we're leaning towards a trade. Yeah, at Edmonton, you know, maybe some thoughts that he could go there, rumors there. Now, obviously, the issues in Saskatchewan kind of escalating with, uh, well, Jake Dolagala had to start last week, and Fajardo, at least one of his legs, might start this week. Uh, we'll see on that. But, uh, you know, I think there are possibilities out there for uh, Montreal to potentially entertain a trade here if they're not going to put him in as a starter. No, I agree. I think that uh, Vernon Adams, I, I, I don't know if there's something going on here, but it doesn't seem like uh, GM slash Coach Machocha just wants to run him at all. Uh, just It doesn't seem like he's interested in him. He doesn't seem like he wants anything on this. Uh yeah okay Trey anyway uh nevertheless uh like I said it doesn't seem like um Vernon Adams is a fit right now in Montreal and it's unfortunate because I think the guy's a good quarterback and to me you're still one hit away from Dominic Davis being your starting quarterback in Montreal so I hope they're doing something else uh one last quick little thing guys keys to the game uh one little uh quick thing that might change the uh game for one team or the other uh Trey running the ball. Like, you know, these are two teams that don't do it very often. And uh, especially Hamilton. I think Hamilton, you know, when you think of Hamilton, you know, they kind of give me Pittsburgh vibes, strong defense and that rough and tough offense. But you got to run the ball to have that. You got to own the offensive line and defensive line, and they're not owning it right now. And for Montreal, I guess you just kind of keep hoping Harris, Nichols, and Dimes his way down the field and puts up some points, right? That's kind of what the game's going to be tomorrow, right? Yeah, for me, for Montreal, it's consistency at wide receiver. Where's Jake Winicky been? He had his best output of the season last game, but it still was not what we're used to seeing from him. And Herji Maiala stepped up with a big game last week. But, uh, you know, the past two seasons, he's been a sparingly good game, but a lot of games a bit underwhelming there as well. So I want to see a consistency across the board production-wise for Montreal. When it comes to Hamilton, I'm interested to see how they perform. No Simone Lawrence, I believe he's out on defense. But on offense, uh, the guy I'm most excited to see is Lamar Durant, I think, making his uh, debut here for the Ticats uh, coming back from injury this week. we got to check the depth charts, of course, yet still. But I, I'm excited to see what he does for that offense and, and see if Dane Evans can find a connection with him to, to get that offensive output. And I think the key for me would be that uh, Hamilton's getting a big piece back for their offense this week. Uh, Lamar Durant looks like he is ready to go for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So if he's ready, that means that you can bring another American in. That means Don Jackson can actually play properly and not have to worry about substitutions all the time to get him in. So for me, that's a big piece for Hamilton. And this might be this. Yes, last week might have been the start of the turnaround for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yes, provided they didn't win last week against the BC Lions. But uh, they played competitive, and they kept a very good BC Lions offense kind of uh, on their heels. Uh, with that being said, I guess we'll move on to game number two of the week here, which is on Friday night for Friday Night Football. Uh, going to the heartland of the Saskatchewan. Uh, it's the BC Lions and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Of course, 
The Rough Riders still have a pile of players on the injured list, uh, including now Logan Bandy uh, is out for this week with illness, which I presume would be COVID again. Uh, what do you guys think right now if the Riders have to make another change in center for the offensive line? Is this just a disaster and waiting for the Rough Riders? Or uh, what do you think there, uh, Ryan? I'm not starting Cody Fajardo this week if that's happening. The guy can barely move as it is. He's clearly injured. He clearly needs some time to heal, I believe. Are the Riders on a bye week after this week? I could be wrong on that one. I think they are. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's a, a, you know, a big matchup with a division rival in the BC Lions, but you're going to have so many division matchups down the stretch that, you know, especially if the O-line is pretty beat up, you know, the team's still probably recovering a little bit from the, the COVID spree that hit them this last week. Um, yeah, I'm looking for the riders to hopefully get a lot out of, you know, the, the next man up mentality. We saw a couple at wide receiver. What was it? Tevin Jones had a big week. Last week for them at wide receiver, got into more of a role with some of the other pieces out. So I'm looking at more of the same for the Riders. I think you go with Jake Dolagala again at quarterback. You let Fajardo rest for the next two weeks, and uh, you see what uh, what who's going to step up in this game. I think you do everything to make sure Fajardo's good to go by Labor Day, right? Like, you don't, you know, that's when the league, the season starts, right? And as long as you can float, keep your head above water and kind of stay around 500, you're going to be in that crossover spot, right? So you don't need to risk anything right now. I don't think if you're Saskatchewan, like, what I don't know what's worse. The riders go 0-3 over the next couple because they don't start Fajardo or you put Fajardo in and he's a season-ending in, injury and they don't even make the playoffs anyway. Like, you got to balance those options, all right? So, yeah, I really don't know what to do in Ryderville. Um I don't think running the ball is going to help here with how their own line looks right now either and, and everything. But, yeah, you, they got the bye, and then the week after, they play a Saturday game in Edmonton. So hopefully that's a kind of a bye part, too. But Edmonton's eating up a little bit, too. We don't know what they're going to do. They're on the bye this week. So, you know, you don't know what they're going to do. So, I don't know. I feel bad for Saskatchewan. I'm trying not to just rain on Saskatchewan's parade. I really had high hopes for them this year, but they just seem to be that team that – either COVID or injuries just keep plaguing them, right? Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right now, and Cody Fajardo has a uh, MCL uh, a tear or a uh, a uh, ligament damage in the MCL. Now, when you hear that, first of all, why is he playing on it right now? Uh, first of all, and like I say just before this, Logan Bandy's out. That's your starting center, the guy that's going to be leading your offensive line to protect and save Cody Fajardo from further damage on that knee and it would be insane right now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to play him this being said you got to remember that this is a game that could be a four-point game against a team that you could be chasing to get that third spot or even that fourth spot let's face it Edmonton's not that far out anymore uh to to possibly do a crossover so you got to win games and one of those teams you got to win against and they play them three times in the month of August is the BC Lions. So you got to start off good and strong, I think. But again, does that mean you sacrifice your quarterback? I don't know. I don't want to be the guy to have to decide that. Luckily, I'm not. It's Craig Dickinson that has to decide that. So all good with me. I hate uh, to say it, but 
he's giving me it's Andrew Luck, man. It's Andrew Luck with Fajardo, right? He's gonna be done way before he should be. And I know we gotta move on to the next team, but you know, Andrew Luck had another he could have played for 10 more years. You know, quarterbacks go till 37, 38 in the NFL. Fajardo could go for a few more years. You tear that even more, he's done, man. So, like, you know, I get he's a fighter. He probably wants to be in there, but you gotta balance it, you know. It's tough. I don't know. But yeah, we'll go on to BC. Uh, it's just a tough one. I feel bad for the guy. You know, it's it's been this way now for a few years in Saskatchewan. They just don't have the offensive line to support a guy that can run the football like Cody Vajardo can. And it sucks, but that's kind of sometimes the cards you're dealt. Uh, it sucks, but I mean, for Saskatchewan, hasn't looked great. I mean, it's not going to look great this week, even with a good BC Lions defense. Uh, but I want to spend a little bit more time on the quarterback side of things with the BC Lions. Uh, Nathan Rourke has not had really uh, two great outings here. Had one against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, threw a couple picks. Uh, did get some touchdowns and tried to move, balance it out. Thought nothing of it, really. It was, you know, it was Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, then had a bye and only had 17 points against a Hamilton Tiger Cats team in which they should have really controlled pretty easily, you would think. Is the, as... Uh, as Chris said over on our side, is Nathan Rourke starting to run out of steam in BC or is there something else going on? Uh, Trey, what do you think on that one? I think the next four weeks for BC is going to be telling because it's Saskatchewan, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, Saskatchewan, right? So, and yeah, Saskatchewan's got a lot of injuries, but you're uh, still going into Mosaic. That's, you know, doesn't matter who's playing as your quarterback in Mosaic. That's, you got the, the, the pills country there screaming at you. He's a young quarterback. Um, I think this, we've been talking about the game that he needs to prove himself. This might be another one here. Uh, you know, you're going into enemy territory, you know, against the bombers that, that could have been a gate, almost a trap game. Cause he had it at home and, you know, he let it slip out of his fingers a little bit, but this is a game where you got Saskatchewan, a lot of injuries, a little bit of a um, morale issues, maybe, you know, with things going on in Saskatchewan. So, this is a game that they either need to run up the score and really show what they've got, or if they don't, yeah, I agree with Chris. Maybe Nathan Rourke is running out of that steam a little bit. I do also like his other point, Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck drafted the same year, and guess who's playing? Well, Seattle had a decent old line when they were a good team, so hopefully Denver keeps them safe. But that's for another podcast. We'll do the NFL roundabout next time. Um, but um, back to BC. Yeah, I think Nathan Rourke, you know, we always talk about it. I feel like it's been like, does he need to prove himself this week? Does he need to prove himself this week? I saw an interesting thing. At this point of the season, who is your Western MOP? Would it would it be him? So would he be would he also be the MOC? I guess both. And then look at the East. Who would your Eastern MOP and MOC be? I saw Andrew Harris. So I'm like, is it crazy that two Canadians are kind of the top picks right now for that? So I think he's got a lot of season left, but I want to see a little bit out of him. And I think against Ryderville is the game he needs to do it. All right. We're, we're talking about a guy who's made, what, seven starts in the CFL? Like, when we're talking about him running out of steam, I think he's just picking up steam. And I think maybe those first two games this season put some unrealistic expectations. Like, we had to know he was not going to put up 30 fantasy points a game every single game this season. And, you know, you go back to last – like, you look at last week's numbers against Hamilton. Yeah, ugly win over the Cats for the Lions. But 22 of 30, over 73% passing, 250 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. 
for a rookie quarterback making, or I guess technically he's not a rookie, he played last season, but for a guy making his seventh start in the CFL, those are pretty solid numbers. Do I like seeing the two interceptions? No. But, uh, you know, two touchdown passes, 250 yards, yeah, that's still that's a pretty good day for you there too. Um, the thing that has lacked a little bit in the last two weeks for, for Rourke and this Lions offense is him getting more involved in the run game, right? That was the big thing the first couple weeks. Big run totals, big rushing touchdowns from Nathan Rourke opened things up more. Well, just the last game, four carries for eight yards for him. So I, I think if they can get him using his legs a little bit more often here in this game against Saskatchewan, I think that's going to help big time. That's going to allow for lanes to open up for James Butler, and that's going to open things up for the passing game a lot here as well uh, for the Lions. The one thing I'm looking on this one, though, is there might be something to this losing steam a little bit, but I think it's more of a inexperienced quarterback, right? Uh, the guy that just needs to learn, hey, this is when I need to make that throw instead of uh, maybe forcing something, possibly giving up that interception. Uh, that being said, I am going to watch him a little bit closer this week because this is a ferocious rough rider defense. I mean, let's face it, if it uh, – if Charleston Hughes essentially doesn't get called on a kicking play. They could have beat Toronto last week uh, with pretty much a third string offense, essentially. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what he does against a very, very solid Saskatchewan defense, including a resurgent Charleston Hughes, which uh, I didn't think I would be saying earlier this season. Uh, keys to the game in this one. Uh, Ryan, go ahead. Remember, Mike called Charleston Hughes. Didn't he say he was going to be his MOP, his West MOP nominee at the start of the season? So do I think Charleston Hughes is going to win MOP? No, but uh, shout out to Mike for uh, calling the resurgence of, uh, of one Charleston Hughes. I'm calling it right now, Charleston Hughes versus Mike, or versus, uh, uh, this might be the battle of for the MOP spot tonight, this week, right? To Nathan Rourke versus Charleston Hughes. There we go. Uh, keys to the game, though, Ryan, uh, what things are you looking for uh, in this matchup? Well, I think I already mentioned for BC, it's uh, get Nathan Rourke's running ability going. I think that opens things up a lot more. Uh, for Saskatchewan, I think it's keep uh, leaning into the dual running back system you have going there, especially if, Fajar I, you know what, either way, if Fajardo's in or if it's uh, Dolagala or Mason, fine, if he's ready to go. You know, that I think has proved well for them to get Hickson involved there a little bit. Also, you know, big plays from your special teams are going to help. Shout out Mario Alford for that glorious touchdown return last week. Just do more of that. Their defense, I think, has done a pretty solid job this season. I've been very uh, impressed by the Riders' defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the offense here to, to do, do enough here. Much like that Winnipeg win over Edmonton kind of last week, right? I, I, I want to see that type of win here from the Riders. Defense makes the big plays. Offense does enough to get it done. Trent? Except for one problem, Ryan, that you got. Frankie Hickson is listed as out for Friday oh. night's game. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Trey, make sure you pick him up for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to put him right in that. But, uh, yeah, I basically agree with what Ryan said. The BC Lions, they, you know, that week. Nathan Rourke has to make sure the steam isn't running out yet on him. And he's got to, you know, run for those extra yards and, you know, play like a young mobile quarterback. But Saskatchewan, just looking at some stats here, uh, they have double the forced fumbles per game than BC. They also have uh, 3.7 sacks per game, while BC only has 2.4. So they got to win the defense battles, right? They, you know, they got to win the turnover battle. They, Like Ryan said, they got to 
basically play like how Winnipeg played against Edmonton last week. Get a, get a big play on defense, maybe a pick six, maybe a fumble that Charleston Hughes doesn't kick to himself, right? Something like that, and and that could be the ball game or get a nice uh, punt return uh, or kick return or something like that. That's the CFL for you. You might need that, and your defense just has to uh, bend and not break, and your offense just has to score one more, well, one rouge more than BC does, right? So that's all they got to do. Except they don't have John Ryan, who uh, frequently got traded over to the Edmonton Elks. I think everybody will remember the Hamilton Tiger Cat era of John Ryan. Put the jersey in the rafters. Absolutely. That's so bad. I can't talk about that because Edmonton doesn't play this week. So that is the highway robbery of the year. A guy who's, what, 40? Hasn't played a down. And you give an eighth-round pick for him. The GM, Hamilton's GM and coach, that's genius. I, I, That is the definition of highway robbery. The OPP should be outside his house right now with warrants. That is greatest. That's a great scheme right there. I have to just put that in there. Chris Jones is going to Chris Jones. What can I say? It don't matter how he does it. He's going to do what he's got to do to mail the team. Uh, my thing on the Saskatchewan-BC game here, uh, I'm going to be watching that offensive line again of the BC Lions. It hasn't done given up a whole lot of sacks this season, which is good. Uh, however, you have only played a team like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive line once, uh, and that was against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and really it didn't look the greatest there. Uh, Nathan Rourke had to move around, try to make something go, because he did have Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat in his face. Now, luckily, you don't have A.C. Leonard this week, who's going to be running down uh, quarterbacks. You don't have Pete Robertson, who's still on the six-game injured list after that foot injury against Ottawa. Uh, but you still got Charleston Hughes in that lineup. Uh, you still got a few other up front in the middle. Uh, Anthony Lanier has been doing very well. Darnell Sankey on a stunt could possibly come in and make some moves. Uh, so the Rough Riders uh, defensive line and defensive front versus the uh, uh, Winnipeg – the BC Lions offensive line. I think that's what I'm looking forward most to this week. Next game, I unless somebody else has anything else that you want to go through, I don't think so. We're going to move on to the BC, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers heading out to visit the Calgary Stampeders. This is on a Saturday evening, I believe, as well. Uh, so far, I think in this one here, the 7 Winnipeg Blue Bombers, again, i got to be feeling very good going into this game. Uh, and very confident, even though they had a little bit of a setback, I would say, against the Edmonton Elks. Uh, let's face it, seven receptions, if that's not a setback, I don't know what is. You still won the game, which is the Winnipeg way of doing things, but seven receptions. So, Ryan, what does Zach Caleros need to do to get more than seven receptions this week? Uh, I thought you were going to say to win the game, my answer was going to be to make at least eight uh, completions, but... Um, I don't know how, I don't know how it ended up the way it did last week, man. It's one of those weird quirky games where, you know, yeah, it was seven completions, but the, the completions he made, he made them count. Uh, you know, the Bombers last week were without Greg Ellingson. I'm not quite sure where his status is at for this week. I think he's missed practice a couple days again. You know, Carlton Agadosi is going to be out for quite a while, went down with a big injury for them. So I think it's going to take, you know, yeah, you can lean on Dalton Schoen a little bit, 
But you got to get Rashid Bailey a little more involved, I think, is part of the key here for Zach Caleros because he got a touchdown early last game, but he still had a very quiet start to the year. Uh, and then, I mean, insert the answer from the last eight weeks of get the run game going for the Bombers here, uh, Trey. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't even realize that stat. Like, I saw it on Twitter, and I didn't know what someone was talking about. It didn't feel like he only got seven completions out of whole game. It wasn't a great offensive game, but it wasn't that bad. Like, you would think seven completions would be a boring game, but it was all right. But, yeah, basically, ah, if I had this answer, I would be on the sideline with a clipboard, I guess, right? Like, that would be my spot if I knew the answer to how to make the 7-0 and Blue Bombers better. But... Yeah, you just got to – I think the run game's the key. I think they got to get the run game going. Uh seemed like Oliveira was starting to get a little bit going, but it was that against Edmonton, who knows, and they got to mix it up and get Rasheed Bailey involved in the offense. And Dalton Schoen still under 5,000 on fantasy. I can't believe that, but, you know, you got to get that guy some fantasy points. I mean, got to get him yards and points. I mean, not more about fantasy points, but – got to get the team going and I guess the defense when you got Willie Jefferson and Jeff Coat and Big Hill I guess your offense can kind of coast a little bit and you got a guy like um, Grant in the return game and Leg Legio is actually putting up some points so I guess you know it's a well-rounded team the offense doesn't feel like they need to complete eight passes right they only need to complete seven so it's really hard I guess you know a win's a win right does it really matter the style points yeah, I think you put it really good there. Uh, it doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters how many you get in the end for the wins. Uh, let's face it, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, have some key injuries again this week. You're right. Greg Ellingson has not practiced all week long. Uh, they also have had uh, Johnny Augustine not practicing all week long so far. No, uh, two D, uh, DNPs beside his name. Another one that's very scary for them is Jackson Jeffcoat has two DNPs beside his name as well as star uh, tackler Mike Miller from the special teams, uh, also possibly out this week. I see he's got two DNPs. Uh, first time also on that list that I've seen, NIR resting veteran. They gave Stanley Bryan a veteran day, and, uh, you know, I guess he gets to put that on the chart, which is kind of cool. Uh, but one thing that concerns me on the Calgary side of things on the injury chart right now would be Kadeem Carey. He has been out for two uh, practices as well. Uh, Calgary, of course, uh, does have their uh, trusty backup in there as well uh, that has been playing very well, uh, doing lots of good things on returns. But uh, how much does this hurt a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell, who relies a lot, I think, on Kadeem Carey getting that eight, seven to eight yards on the carry so he doesn't have a very long pass to make on the second down and very short. Uh, when that gets the second down and very long, is Bo Levi Mitchell going to be okay this week? Or are we looking at some problems here for the Calgary Stampeders? Uh, Trey? I'm going to say it's not going to bug him because anytime I say, oh, bug him, he throws and, and proves me wrong, right? So I'm going to have to say Bo Levi is going to gunsling it, probably. He'll find a way and it'll be close. It's actually a really interesting game. We'll talk about it when we get to the betting segment. It's basically a pick em And, you know, it's kind of weird to think that an undefeated team versus, uh, where are they, four? Well, I guess they're only four and one. You know, it, it's a pick em game on the betting line, right? So it's... um. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting game. I I could see it being one of the, either way. It could be a, a 
a gunslinging show between Caleros and Bo Levi, or it could be a one nothing, you know, whoever gets the only rouge kind of game because the defenses are pretty good on both sides too, right? So you could really see it be either way, but uh, I'm pretty sure Bo Levi is going to Bo Levi because anytime I say he doesn't, he does anyway. So, Ryan? It's going to be interesting because strong start to the year, we were talking him up after the first couple of games of the year. Then he had the one game where he regressed a little bit against Winnipeg, and then now he had the bye week, and now he's playing them again. But the one game where his totals and his yardage and everything were down last time, the majority of that wasn't his fault. His receivers were dropping ball after ball. We're talking two, three touchdowns that maybe they should have had on the board. You know, the one at the end of the game that went out uh, in and out of the hands, uh, the one where two receivers collided in the end zone, which should never happen. So, you know, you put those plays and count those. Bo's totals against Winnipeg last time are looking vastly different there, I would say. So am I concerned about him? I know Kadeem Carey did get the offense going quite a bit last time against Winnipeg, and I would argue he is the lifeblood of that offense. But I think Peyton Logan is a really intriguing option as well. We saw him take over for Carey uh, back against Hamilton. I think it was week number two when Kadeem Carey went down due to injury, and he played pretty admirably in that role. Also in the blowout, blowout against Edmonton, we've seen what he can do on the returns. So I'm actually not too concerned about the Calgary offense here as much as I think that Kadeem Carey is the top running back in the CFL and is obviously a huge asset. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped up on the Calgary offense this week still. I think the Calgary offense will be fine. I mean, we see a few injuries, though, in the receiving core as well with Richie Stendani uh, still going to be out for this week as well as Jalen uh, Filippo. Uh, will probably be out this week with an injury as well. Uh, that being said, though, yeah, the Calgary staff here still have lots of weapons. And let's face it, when you have number 19, you've got a good enough weapon there to make some plays happen, no matter when it happens. Uh, as long as Bo Levi doesn't feel like the pressure is on and starts throwing some blatant footballs, we've seen that in the playoffs over the years where Bo just throws some weird footballs once in a while, trying to be the hero as long as he doesn't do that and just manages the game properly, uh, you can play probably a game without Kadeem Carey, and especially, like you said, uh, the backup for Calgary. Again, I have terrible memory of names, and I'm sorry about that. I uh, will be all right as well. Uh, this being said, uh, keys to the game in this one, guys. Uh, uh, Ryan, you want to go first on this? Yeah, I'll start with Calgary here. I think the key of the game is going to be uh, put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and have them actually make the plays. You know, Reggie Bagleton was the go-to target last time. He made some plays, but he missed a couple there as well. And Kamar Jordan himself said after that last game against Winnipeg that that was just a, not a good game for him. I, I think I want to say it was like seven targets, one catch. This is a guy that's torched the Bombers' defense for 250 yards in the game uh, a number of years ago and, and is kind of uh, that, the one guy who, who kind of takes out that defense quite a bit. So, yeah, that's my biggest key for Calgary is a bounce back from a guy like Kamar Jordan this week. For Winnipeg, my big key is going to be uh, the defense just continuing to shut that down and continuing to do what they do because, you know, if the defense plays the way it is, we saw last week, it really doesn't matter a whole ton what that Winnipeg offense does. And do I think they can beat, uh, that they can beat, you know, uh, 
Calgary with that type of offensive effort they had against uh, Edmonton? No, I think it needs to be a little bit better. But for me, you know, we talk so much about offenses, but with the Bombers, we should really be talking about the defense because it starts and stops there. Trey? We have to remember, not too long ago, Calgary was, what, a bad deflection pass tip, whatever you want to call it, away from sending that game to overtime, right? So, really, the key for Calgary is get the damn ball this week, right? Don't let that one go into the Blue Bombers' hands and give them give them the uh, their eighth win. And for Winnipeg, I... Yeah, I think Bo Levi is going to Bo Levi. Anytime they go against the guy, I just have a bad feeling. I might have to actually take Calgary in betting later. I don't know. We'll see how I feel when we get there. But I can't go against Bo Levi. I think he just watches this podcast. I know he uh, I know he listens to Rod Peterson a lot and has him crossed out and always tries to show him up. So maybe I'm number two on his list. But, yeah, I think Bo Levi, this is a game that he's going to have to show he's old. You know, the old, not old, the like Bo, but like old Bo of old and then, you know, pick apart the Blue Bomber defense. And for Winnipeg, they're going to have to own the possession, I think. you got to keep Bo off the field. And, you know, they had a big drive last week. I think took 9, 10 minutes off the clock, which is really hard to do in the CFL in the 20-second play clock. they got to do that a couple times and maybe complete a little bit more than seven passes and give the ball to Oliveira. And I, I think that's that. It's it, it sounds easier said than done. You know, we're just three goofs talking football. We actually really don't, <laughs> you know, like it's, we, we make it sound so easy, but if it was that easy, like I said, we'd all have headsets and clipboards and we'd be on the sidelines. Right. So yeah, but I think Oliveira needs to get into it and whoever, uh, I guess, uh, is it McCray is their backup now, I guess with Augustine, if he's out, so they got to give them the ball, keep rushing it, give Legio good field position for the punts and field goals. And keep Bo off the field, and Bo's got to do the opposite. Keep Zach off the field, right? And tire Jefferson and Jeff Coat out. I like the new tagline for the podcast here. Uh, three goofs talking football. Join us every Wednesday night. Uh, I, I know that was the best advertising. Yeah, I love it. That's great. I, know no, that I love it. It's, it's But I'm Perfect. like, you know, if we talk about it, and it's, I, love, I love this show. I love goofing with you guys. I love talking about it. But if we really knew what we were talking about, <laughs> We would have headsets and clipboards and we would waste the whole coach's salary cap on a team. Just the three of us, right? Like we don't need anyone. We got coach Belichick, Trey and this, and you know, Madden, Adam, and just, you know, that's it. That's all we need. And Ryan, that's all we need. But yeah, instead we're, uh, we have our day jobs. We have our nine to fives because unfortunately this doesn't pay. <laughs> the closest I'm going to get ever to the field is if I have a gator to go for costume, and that's about as close as I'll ever get uh, to on the field in Saskatchewan. Let's face it. When it's uh, family, but- you can take pictures with Chase and Marshall from the Paw Patrol. Is that the last time <laughs> I was on the field? <laughs> Anyways, on that bombshell, uh, my piece of the game in this one here, uh, probably I'm looking at the linebackers on both sides of the football here. Uh, Let's face it, we've had a great season so far from Cam Judge over in Calgary. It's a resurgent season from the guy. Uh, Didn't do, let's face it, he didn't do nothing in Toronto. Uh, Had a terrible season last year, came to Calgary, and has been lights out like he was in Saskatchewan uh, two years ago before that, three years ago, I guess, before that. Uh, on the other side of the football, it's Adam Big Hill. Uh, he has been a beast for how many years now? You can't run against him. You can't make a motion against him. And he is so quick to get to the backfield if he needs to get back there to get a quarterback. When you got a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell, that's very important to try to get some pressure on him. And I bet you anything we're going to see a lot of linebacker uh, blitzes 
out of Adam Big Hill, out of that uh, linebacker position. So those are the keys that I'm looking for in this game. Uh, moving on to our last game of the week. Uh, it is the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday night football as Al Michaels make their trip up to do their yearly call in uh, Canada. No, they won't. But they're playing in the Toronto at the Argonauts this week, the Red Blacks. I think big thing in this game here, uh, first things first is, what does Ottawa really, like, we've, we've always had that, oh, well, next week they're going to be better. Next week they're going to be better. Which week is this finally going to be? Is this the week that Ottawa finally turns it around? Uh, Trey? Real quick, I want to say I used to hate the idea of CFL on Sundays, but now I'm actually starting to dig it. After the Bombers and Argos had that Monday nighter, I hated that, and it actually turned out to be okay. And then, unfortunately, it wasn't planned, but having the Sunday night last week and now this one, Sunday night until Labor Day might actually not be a bad idea, CFL. So keep that in mind. But yeah, I don't know what Ottawa's got to do. We always we talk about this every week, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know. Like they don't. I mean, I'm gonna keep keep putting Caleb Evans as my quarterback because he's got me a couple big wins in fantasy the last few weeks. Uh, don't tell Adam. That's my plan later. But you know, um, other. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, they, again, don't really run the ball, and their defense doesn't, you know, actually, no, their defense isn't that bad. They have more forced fumbles in Toronto and more sacks per game, but, you know, they still, unfortunately, can't uh, can't get a W. If they can't buy a W. This isn't a Wheel of Fortune or a consonancy buy, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yes, Chris, he's going to strike lightning three times. We'll talk about it later. Sorry. But, uh yeah, they, they don't put up much points. You know, they're 129 on the year. They're, well, they're second best in the East, but that's not really saying much. So they got to get a, get going, and I think the injuries have unfortunately plagued them as well. I don't know if Lapo is a head coach, and I think there's a lot that can be changed, Ryan. Well, it's interesting. You talk about Caleb Evans, and we're going to talk about him more, of course, in the fantasy segment. But poor Nick Arbuckle once again goes somewhere and seems he can't get in for the starting role because we all expect him to take over while Mazzoli was out. But Caleb Evans has played some pretty good football the last two weeks. I still think Ottawa is better than the winless season they are at. I think they had a couple close games. They're 0-2 start against the Bombers. It's the defending champs. It's a home-and-home -home series. You know, they played two solid games, a couple mishaps there. They've come close the past couple of weeks as well, despite some issues in there that, you know, have led to a, another loss after another loss. So I think it is only a matter of time before Ottawa puts it together and does, in fact, pick up a win on the schedule. Uh, I, I think they're in tough with uh, with some of the matchup of what they're facing this week. You know, if Andrew, we're going to talk about Toronto here shortly, I'm sure, but if they can't contain Andrew Harris, uh, well, then that's going to be a tough day here for Ottawa. So, uh, you know, I want to see another strong effort again this week from Caleb Evans. I think he's improved a lot from last year. I want to see him continue to improve. Uh, and the team to continue to develop more, and the defense has to step up and get and get it done here as well. If Ottawa's going to break the winless streak, I think on this one also, I think is what we got to look at is Ottawa's got to play a full sixty minutes of football. They have had Caleb Evans go and have flashes. Uh, Jalen Acklin's had flashes. Willie Powell even in the last game had a few flashes against Montreal. Uh, this offense just needs to play a full sixty minutes. 
and sustain at least about four or five first down drives each drive, and they'll be fine. But until they can do that, and until they can uh, successfully get into this end zone uh, pretty regularly, I mean, let's face it, I know I'm saying the easiest things in the world, get points, you'll win games. Uh, nevertheless, I think that that's really Ottawa's problem right now is just, it's, I think, more in their head now that they can't win the game. So if they could play a full 60 minutes, I think they'll be fine. Uh, the defense has looked okay. Uh, it's had some moments. I mean, let's face it, Nathan Rourke had a pretty tough game. Uh, Ottawa had a tough game that one. Uh, even last week or the week before, I guess, against Hamilton, uh, just didn't look quite right to the defense. But again, the offense may, met the match then at that point. So uh, it was mainly down to a field goal in that one. And Lewis Ward, let's face it, when was the last time you seen Lewis Ward miss a field goal? Uh, so that's what I'm looking at on this one. On the other side of the football, the uh, Toronto Argonauts, I mean, let's face it, if we don't talk about Andrew Harris, there's not a, uh, we, we're not doing it, we're doing a disservice to our fans. Andrew Harris, again, had a pretty good game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last week. No touchdowns, but still had quite a few rushing yards. Uh, his helmet probably had a few more rushing yards as well. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, what do we, uh, does Toronto really just mainly just keep handing the rock to Andrew Harris and keep this going? Or do they probably need to start working on getting some of these receivers going and getting on the same page with McLeod Bethel Thompson, right? Well, it's a tricky question because of how you have to balance Andrew Harris over the course of the season. I absolutely think this is the key to success for the Argos offense is to keep giving them the ball as much as they have. Look at, you know, the game against Winnipeg where he ran all over them, got a ton of touches in that one this past week for them as well. Uh, you know, he was the big reason in that game that they were successful uh, offensively. Um, but you also, you know, maybe don't want to run him 26 touches a night, so to say, every week throughout the season if you're trying to save him for a run down the stretch. So that's an interesting thing to me to watch how you balance it. And maybe if you get that passing game going a little bit more, that helps. And I, I think the Argos are still doing a decent mix of it. Like we talk about Harris, but I think there were some bright spots the past few weeks uh, in the passing game. You know, Cam Phillips two weeks ago, monster game from him. Curly Gittins Jr. making up, you know, for lost time of the connection he had with MBT last season. So uh, there are, you know, members of the receiving core that and we talked about this already a few weeks ago on the podcast, how, you know, we're still waiting for Brandon Banks to wake up a little bit here and there. But I think other guys are stepping up in that offense. So uh, I still want to see a heavy workload for Andrew Harris. I think it makes them successful, but I think they have the tools also if they can use them effectively to be successful if he does get a little bit less of a workload, Trey. Okay, well, two crazy things. Didn't something, I see something that uh, Bethel Thompson's like fourth in Argos passing or something. He's a yeah, pretty high. Fifth all time, I think, yeah. Fifth all time. In the oldest franchise in North America, you know, they brag about that. And then a guy who's played with their three, four seasons is fifth all time or something. That's crazy. But, you know, he's okay. I think. Uh, to answer your question, I think you got to ba keep balancing it, right? You got to give it to Harris. And I think Adam said, how do you work in the receivers? Well, play action. You got to, you know, you got a guy like Harris. He's only played five games and he is second in rushing yards right now in the CFL. I did not know that. He's beating Kadeem Carey, James Butler, uh, you know, his uh, ex-teammate Brad, uh, Brady Oliver, who doesn't get the ball enough. The only guy beating him is Jamal Morrow right now. So 
I think you got to keep giving him the ball. I think he started showing he was Andrew Harris last week. Ask against the Riders, a team that I'm sure he grew up hating, a team that I'm sure he hated in BC, a team I'm sure he hated in Winnipeg, right? This week he's going to Ottawa. You know, I could again, it's kind of the I wouldn't say Toronto, Saskatchewan, that would be more Hamilton, but you know, another rival team. So he's got to get fired up and juice it up. Did you free? Did your screen freeze like that, right? Adam, I love it. <laughs> it froze with your displeasement when I said Andrew Harris hates the Riders. Let's face oh. it, if there's such a thing as giving a lifetime ban to Andrew Harris in Mosaic Stadium, I'm sure he'd probably have it already. I yeah. don't know how you could do it though. He never pulled off a John Cornish, so you can't really give him that. So that's true. Anyways, but, you know, uh, um, but yeah, I think it's Andrew Harris has got to keep. And like I said, do you really have much many arguments for who is the Eastern most outstanding player right now? There's not really a quarterback that's going crazy. There's not really a running back that's going crazy out there. So it's kind of hard to um, to say who. Uh, who uh you know who would be better than him in MOP or MOC ca- conversation out there, right, uh, Ryan? Yeah, you know exactly. That's great. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that Andrew Harris is second in rushing because I didn't necessarily see that here. Uh, you know, without checking the stat- stats either. So um, he's having an effective season. He's not missing a beat. You know, uh, he's showing why the Argos still took a chance and brought him in. So. If you can keep doing that, that's going to keep leading to the success here for Toronto uh, and, you know, help them take a commanding lead of the East Division, which I think they could do potentially in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think Toronto is on the right track to doing that for sure. And especially, like you guys have all said, Andrew Harris is a big part of that. I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are probably looking at that too and saying, yeah, that's not going to be a good thing to play in November or later. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that later on as it develops. Uh, probably the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are just fortunate that they only played the Toronto Argonauts once in the regular season this year. Uh, keys to the game, we'll go through those really quickly because I think I'm already over time. Ryan? The key for me for Toronto, we've talked so much offense here again, the key for me is contain Caleb Evans. I think if they can shut down his uh, maneuverability, I think it's a very manageable game here for the Argos. Uh uh, I don't think Evans is the strongest passer. I think, you know, his ability to run is what he leverages for his success. Uh, so I think that's going to be key for the Argos defense to do here. Uh, for Ottawa's side of things, I think uh, I, I mentioned already contain Andrew Harris and, uh, you know, uh, get things going, uh, continue to spread around offensively uh, and, and spread the ball around. You've got some good playmakers there. Uh, and you got to get William Powell more involved is the big key uh, that I will keep saying until until he has a big breakout game this season. Trey? I'm going to use my key time to ask you guys a question here because I like hot takes. What's more like if you had to bet the farm, and I'm not suggesting doing it, but if you had to bet, what's more likely, Bombers undefeated or Ottawa never win a game this year? What would you have to put your money on? I don't think I could put my money on Ottawa undefeated. Uh, Winless? Yeah. Yeah, Ottawa winless. Yeah. Or Ottawa yeah. winless, sorry. Yeah, definitely don't put it down on Ottawa undefeated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Decisions, yes. I think I would put it down on Winnipeg myself. I think Ottawa's getting a win in the next couple of weeks here. And, and I mean, Winnipeg, we've seen a couple of games this season where it seemed like, 
you know, they probably shouldn't have won. They found a way to do it. So I don't think either is happening. And yeah, I would not put a bet of any kind probably down on, on these, uh, but uh, a very interesting take. I, I don't see it. I don't see either of these happening. I don't see either happening. I don't think we're going to see the, you know, whatever 70 something Miami Dolphins here in Winnipeg, but I also don't think we're going to see whatever Detroit Lions team went 0-16 a couple of years ago in Ottawa. I think one team will lose, Winnipeg will lose, Ottawa will win one. But I just, an interesting thing here, because that's the things we always want to talk about when teams have streaks going, right? When's it going to end, right? So I, I, I would think I would lean to Winnipeg too, but I, I agree, you know, I think they're both not going to happen. But let's move on the, to our Well, next. quickly, the only other thing now that I'm thinking about as we're talking about it more, right, is if Winnipeg's undefeated going into the final couple of weeks of the season with the, the record locked up, we saw how awful they played in those games where everybody rested at the end of last season. So do, that's where that kind of becomes tricky, whereas, you know, Ottawa going winless, if all of a sudden the rest of the East starts winning games and now Ottawa's in play for next year mode and trying different things out, well, maybe that doesn't translate to success. So, uh, you know, Chris in the YouTube chat is saying Ottawa, he would take not, Ottawa not winning. Yeah, I, I see a little more of an argument for that now, but uh, we can move on. One, one thing I did want to throw in too real quickly, guys, uh, whenever Ottawa wins that game, they should really go and have a fridge with it unlocked and then go and celebrate with the beer, just like they did in Cleveland that time. Uh, when Cleveland won their game finally, uh, they should really do the same thing uh, in Ottawa. So um, Ottawa beer uh, craft guys, get your beer ready and put it in the freezer or put it in the fridge and have it ready to go so you can unlock it when Ottawa wins that game. Doesn't uh, Ottawa yeah. have a weird tradition about drinking a beer out of your shoe too? I don't you see that on TV where so they're going to do that? Nah, I don't know. Hey, and if we get a team in Atlanta, Canada, I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, caught out there to drink out of. So, anyways, uh, let's move on to fantasy, Ryan. All right, yes, let's move on to talking a little CFL fantasy here. We've got an interesting week once again in the CFL fantasy leagues. We play head to head in the uh, CFL podcast fantasy league, and it's CFC Civil War number two here this week uh, as uh, Trey and Adam are going head to head. So. Uh, how much they'll actually divulge on their picks over the next little bit, we will see. Um, but uh, I'm sure we have some good recommendations there, uh, of course. And uh, I've got the the guys from the Argos FanCast who put up the top score of the week last week. So it uh, should be an interesting week of CFL Fantasy. Of course, you can follow our results all season at CFL Pod Fantasy on Twitter. But let's take a look at the options available uh, this week in CFL fantasy, let's start at the quarterback position. Take a look here. Uh, if you're listening to the po- audio version of the podcast, I recommend checking out the video. We've got charts showing all the prices, all the players. You can. I'm not going to go list them all uh, in the interest of time here. You can find them, of course, on the website when you set your lineups. But uh, let, let's talk about uh, the quarterbacks here and which players we like. And uh, guys, I've got my eye on two players in particular this week that I generally don't put in my lineup too often. And I got to scroll down on the price list here. And I'm looking McLeod Bethel Thompson or Bo Levi Mitchell as my quarterbacks in fantasy this week. Bethel Thompson has put up around 20 points the past two, three games, I believe it is. He's got a 15.6 average on the year at his price. Hit full value. You're looking for a bit over 20 there. And Ottawa is one of the, the teams that gives up the most to the pass. So to Bethel Thompson is kind of, you know, quietly the past few weeks put up some very big games. 
especially if maybe Harris doesn't get as much of a workload uh, as he did last week. Maybe that translates more to the passing game. I really like MBT against this Ottawa defense, and its price is really low. And kind of shocking that Bo Levi Mitchell is, uh, of the projected starters, assuming everybody's healthy here, the cheapest starting quarterback on the list for this week at $7,895. Uh, he's averaged 15.1 this season. You want to get 19.7 out of him. Last game against Winnipeg, a bit of a down game. But as I mentioned before, that was a large part of that was due to receivers not catching the balls they should have. I think they turned that around. They clean it up coming out of the butt. Bye week here a little bit. Kadeem Carey maybe out. Maybe they lean a bit more on the passing game. I like these two options of McLeod, Bethel Thompson, and Bo Levi Mitchell this week. Uh, how about you guys? Let's start with you, Trey. First of all, I'm disappointed in you, Commissioner Ryan, that you didn't set up uh, Adams in my matchup over Labor Day or Banjo Bowl. You know, you had con- complete control over the schedule, man. You could have switched some things around. But uh, well, the <laughs> but the quarterback here, this is an interesting one. I don't know. I did say earlier I was going to go back to um, to uh, Caleb, Ev- Caleb Evans, but he's cost more money than I thought he was. I do like your talk about uh, Bethel Thompson. We don't know what we have in an Ottawa defense, so I think I'm going to go with MBT, five, a fifth all-time on Argos uh, receiving yards. Adam? I think I need to start thinking more like Ryan would, and that means doing some real funny things when it comes to quarterbacks. This week, I'm looking at one in particular. Let's face it, last week I tried it. It didn't work worth a hoot. Uh, I picked Jake Dolegal, and don't do that. Uh, <laughs> didn't work very well for me. But I'm looking at somebody just above Jake Dolegal that is on every short yardage play for the Montreal Alouettes. Seems to get a pile of touchdowns every time that they get anywhere near the uh, red zone. They end up seeming to put them in. I'm thinking maybe Dominic Davis. Uh, $5,296, over the season so far. Well over the uh, 7.6 points that you need him. uh, Sorry, 13.2 points that you need him to get. I don't know. That's kind of tempting. Uh, That being said, probably I'll check it out on it and go with Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, do you want this to be the week when you're playing Trey? You know, if you if you do that and it doesn't work out, you're never hearing the end of it. But at the, on the other side of it, if you do take it and it works out, Trey's never hearing the end of that one. Uh, and Adam will never let us forget it. That's what's fun about these head-to-head matchups here. I did think Dominic Davis as well. I think I think the 13.2 you need, that's a little aggressive for you know, a guy who's just playing short yardage, but now he's in the backup role with Vernon Adams out. So if Trevor Harris goes down or struggles, does Davis play a little more? Maybe he does. Interesting, uh, interesting thought there. If you want to go for the cheap play, spend your money elsewhere. And one other thing to remember, Ryan, by week and Bo Levi Mitchell. Need I say more? Yeah, he, uh, he always plays good coming out of the bye. Uh, let's move on to talk about some running backs here. Uh, at running back, it's an interesting week. I, I like a lot of the top price players here. You know, you mentioned earlier, Adam, that uh, Frankie Hickson is out for Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, Fajardo is either out or he's there but still banged up. I feel like you lean a little more on Jamal Morrow, who's put up an average of 18.1 through seven games this season. He's most expensive at over $9,000, but I kind of like that play if you can fit him in. 
Uh, Andrew Harris, for the first time this year, I'm actually strongly considering putting in the lineup. It's not like seasons past where he's by far the most expensive running back and you need 30 points for a successful day out of Andrew Harris. You need 21.2. He put up 25.8 last week. He's averaged 13.8 on the season. And I think that's clear. The Argos have found the recipe the past number of weeks that you got to give him the ball uh, in order for uh, the team to be successful there. Uh, Kadeem Carey, uh, if he's in, you know, had a good game against Winnipeg last time. Uh, but he is suffering due to illness. Honestly, the other option I'm really strongly considering this week is Peyton Logan. If if Carey's not ready to go, or maybe not 100%, maybe he rotates in for a share of the touches here. He's going to be returning kicks. He had a big one that for a, a touchdown that did unfortunately get called back last time for Calgary. $4,000, I'm willing to risk it potentially on Logan, even as a backup here. Uh, depending on what the depth chart looks like, if he is handling returns. That's kind of the guys I'm looking at at running back this week is a few of those upper echelon ones, and then if I need a cheaper play, a Peyton Logan. Let's start with you here, Adam. What are you looking at at running back? Yeah, I'm looking at Peyton Logan for sure. Uh, this time I remember his name. Uh, good receiver, good re- our good re- uh, guy out of the backfield has done quite a bit also with returns, and I mean, that's worth a few points as well. Uh, to me, because you got a guy that could do like a dual side. Another one, if I was really looking for cheap, that you don't even probably have on the list right now, but he did get signed by Saskatchewan, is Shaq Cooper. Uh, the guy just got re-picked up by Saskatchewan. He was in for training camp. He'll know the roster, and I guarantee he's going to be starting if Frankie Hickson ain't there on uh, Friday afternoon. I think he also does some returning as well, so there's an option there with Shaq Cooper uh, for the more reasonable ones, but up top, I probably am looking more at a guy like uh, James Butler. Uh, although he is playing Saskatchewan, that might not be a very solid choice. The other option would be Andrew Harris, uh, just because, yeah, he's playing Audible. Trey? No, it's funny that you said you have to start thinking like Ryan, because that's what I've been doing the last two weeks, and I'm on a little bit of a win streak. So if we both think like like Ryan, we're going to end up with a tie, and it's really going to screw with the standings. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like exactly what Ryan said. I have Andrew Harris and uh, Peyton Logan, like, you know, kind of mixing it up, going with uh, Andrew Harris, who I think has the potential to run all over the Red Blacks defense, and a guy like uh, Logan, who... Again, you know, not expensive, but could be the main guy depending on uh, health of uh, carry, right? So that's kind of where I'm going with that. If you don't want to go with Harris, I could see Butler being a, you know, pretty decent sub. But again, you know, going against Saskatchewan and uh, lower down, you know, it's really tough lower down because after what Harris, when we were talking about Harris and Jamal Morrow are the league leaders in rushing, after that, it's not Kadeem Carey. You kind of start getting into that. Oliveira, Hicks, and people that come in and rotation kind of thing. So it's kind of tough to spend money in the running back position. But I think uh, I think number 33 is a decent gamble this weekend. Yeah, you mentioned the rest of the field here. Like Ottawa, like I'm not, until William Powell breaks out, I'm not going there. I'm not going any Winnipeg running back, any Hamilton running back right now. Montreal is a time split as well. So there's a... Uh, there's not a lot of options in the middle of the field. You kind of got to spend your money elsewhere or spend a top dollar at uh, running back here for the most part. Uh, let's take a look at the wide receivers available on the list. Uh, and, and I'll turn it over to you guys first here on this one uh, of who you're looking at at wide receiver. 
Uh, let's start with you, Trey. Who 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 do you have your eye on for your lineup this week? Well, at first I was losing my mind because I couldn't find Deron Carter, and then I forgot stupid nine teams. He's on a bye this week, so thank goodness he should be there next week. I keep forgetting that we have a bye every week, which I should know. We've had nine teams now for however long. But, you know, I'm going to go with Dalton Schoen. He's my number one guy. He's still under five grand. Uh, not league, not league leading in receiving, but I think he's top five still. Let me do a quick refresh on this. Ah, he's third. And with Ellingson being potentially out, probably out, you know, he definitely will see a lot of action there. So I'm going to go with Schoen. I have Kian Hatcher and uh, Janarian Grant, you know, another guy who might get a little bit of the load with Ellingson being out and could get some returns. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I'm looking at uh, one guy from Saskatchewan, and I'm going to maybe debate this one a little bit as Keon Schaefer-Baker. I keep taking him every week, and there's a reason, because he's done so much for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year. He's one of those guys that you don't have to worry about being suspended or uh, being thrown off the field for anything silly. And he just seems to be a consistent receiver for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And overall, looks pretty good. Uh, some sleeper picks that I might think about. Uh, one would be uh, Tevin Jones. Uh, he's looked very good for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Only 2500 bucks, and had 17 points last week. You never know. He might be a very good option to pick up. Especially uh, if they all of a sudden decide to sit uh, someone else in that Saskatchewan uh, offense just because of injury or because of other things, Tevin Jones might be an option as well. Uh, one other guy that I'm looking at here, uh, Darvin Adams also for Ottawa. Uh, if Caleb Evans uh, can find a receiver, it seems like he sees Darvin Adams pretty well. Uh, and the other one was uh, Luther Haredekalu. I'm sorry I pronounced that wrong every time. One day I'll get it right. But nevertheless, $3,200. Uh, had a pretty good week on his uh, first week in. Uh, not so much the second week. But uh, I just have a pretty good game against a uh, Winnipeg secondary that's maybe not quite as strong as it used to be. Uh, right? Yeah, looking at wide receiver, you know, I, I can't say who I have. I, I can't definitively say who I'm putting in my lineup because I honestly don't decide until like one minute before the, well, that's not true. I decide and then I decide differently and then I decide differently like 85 more times before it's one minute before the game, first game of the week starts and I overhaul my entire roster from anything I decided earlier in the week such as I did last week when I spontaneously put all three Winnipeg, uh, all three receiver spots with Winnipeg receivers, and it didn't work out for me. Uh, but I think there are some, some you know, strong plays that I am definitely considering, uh, you know, at kind of all the different price levels. Obviously, if Greg Ellingson's in, I, 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 I like Greg Ellingson as one of the top-priced receivers here. Uh, you know, for Ottawa, I really like Jalen Acklin. He's the go-to guy at... at you know, put up 18.3 points last week. You need 18.7 out of them at his price around 7,500. But I like what you said about Darvin Adams. He got a ton of targets last week and he's a little bit cheaper. So if you're looking Ottawa's direction, maybe you go there. Uh, there are a lot of these middle priced guys I really like. Like Stephen Dunbar Jr. has put up, I think he's tied for the league lead in touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. It seems he puts one up almost every week. Uh, he's been averaging 14.6 points per game on the season. That's pretty good production there. If you want to go the Hamilton route and what could be a high scoring game with Montreal, 
I think Curly Gittens Jr. is still MBT's number one target. And if you're expecting that passing game, go off and want to stack with Bethel Thompson. I like Gittens Jr. Uh, at that price as well. You guys have talked about, you know, Keon Schaefer-Baker, guys like that already, Dalton Schoen. Yeah, good price on him, still under $5,000, averaging 14.7 on the season. That's over what you need out of him. So especially uh, no Agadosi this week, no potentially no Greg Ellingson again. Should be another uh, episode of the Dalton Schoen show. Uh, Keon Hatcher is an interesting one because he's kind of stepped back the past couple of weeks. And so now I'm kind of in that territory with him where I'm like, should I put him back in again and keep trying to, uh, and to see if he reproduces that? Or should I wait? I'm, I'm not sure there on Keon Hatcher this week. Uh, Brandon Banks is the lowest price I've ever seen him at 46.54. Could be a sneaky value play if you think he's going to make that comeback there. But as you get down to the lower prices, yeah, Hakuna Vanu is the one I was looking at for Calgary potentially. Uh, Malik Henry, I think, was one of the guys on the out with illness in practice so far this week. So could be more of a role for him there. Cam Phillips, if you want a cheap stack with McLeod, Bethel Thompson is 27.56, and he's averaged. 9.8 points a game this season, had a few big games. So those are kind of a lot of the guys I am taking a look at at wide receiver this week as well. And uh, some variation of them will end up in my lineup. Uh, let's take a look at the defenses. I have all the ones playing this week on the list uh, this time. I think last week I forgot Edmonton. They're off the list again this week, but that's because they're on a bye. I have fixed the charts, so Edmonton will show up again next week. Uh, but looking at defenses here, um, Winnipeg's the most, you know, Winnipeg, BC, Saskatchewan, Calgary. These are all the ones over the minimum price here. I'm kind of looking at the cheap play of Toronto here. I like that $3,200 from the Argos. Their defense has, does some good things. I'm scared about Caleb Evans and the maneuverability, but I'm still not sold on him, on him not throwing the interceptions here. So, Kind of like that Toronto defense that's been putting up numbers at a cheap play here is one of the things I'm considering. And depending what Saskatchewan's lineup looks like, obviously thinking about BC here and the potential for some big defensive plays is from them at 4,500. Uh, let's start with you, Adam. What are you looking at at defense? I'm actually going to avoid Saskatchewan this week. I know it's a very weird thing for me to say, but uh, uh, Trey, since I'm not picking Saskatchewan, you're welcome to pick them if you want to. I'm looking at the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, the reason being is they love to rush the football and they love to do a uh, pass rush. And Dane Evans has a tendency of dropping that football very quite often. Uh, in that case, I think maybe Hamilton might just get a lot of pressure on him. And if they do, that could mean either a lot of sack and a lot of points or could mean a few fumble recoveries also for Montreal. I think I'm going to go with Montreal right at the moment. Trey? I, right now I have Toronto because I think, again, a team that doesn't have a win this year, I'm going to go with the defense playing against them. Um, again, I think that if Toronto plays right, they're going to give the ball a lot to Harris and it's not going to give Ottawa a lot of time. So they might have to try to rush some plays and maybe some picks, maybe some fumbles, and we'll see what happens. That's what I might switch around to with any team that's 3,200, though. I do see what you're saying with, uh, you said Montreal, right, Adam? I see I see Montreal. That was, I was between Toronto and Montreal, but I'll probably go Toronto just to make sure we don't have the same points uh, coming in this week. 
I keep going back with Toronto. I keep going back to week 10 of last season, Toronto, Ottawa. I think Caleb Evans was the starter there as well. A couple pick sixes. Toronto's defense put up 29 fantasy points. I want to see that that replicated here again, if I'm going to go the direction of the Argos defense. Of course, these are, uh, you know, we've talked through a lot of the fantasy options here. We didn't go through all of them. There's a guy you're wondering about, interested about, hit me up on Twitter at CooperTrooper42 before the games this week. I am happy to discuss if you want insight on uh, any of these options before you set your lineups. That does it for our fantasy talk here. Uh, let's get into, uh, I guess, our, our revamp betting segment here now, powered by BetStamp. Um, you know, we're going to be, as I mentioned, you can follow along on our picks on the BetStamp app. Uh, we have a consent. We're going to do consensus picks for the Canadian football countdown. So a little change up here going forward. We're still all going to make our own picks uh, here. But then best, it's best two out of three out of the three of us. That's what we're using as our consensus picks and putting our name, our, our stamp on it uh, on our show account here. So uh, we'll see who agrees with who as we go through these games here. But uh, over to you, Trey. Take us through what, we are, what we're going to look at here for uh, bets in week number eight. Yeah, can you pull up the bet stamp? thing or website there we go you know what i haven't had tons of time to look at this so this is going to be a little off the cuff here and we'll take a look at what all these websites have for us here uh generically a lot of places have two and a half to three point game in the favor of hamilton i take montreal the two and a half i guess plus two and a half because no do i take the plus three just in case right Take the plus three. So with any of the sites there that have plus three, that means they have to lose by less than three. So, yeah, Montreal plus three is my pick there. Uh, Adam, what do you like? Yeah, I like Montreal in this one as well, in all honesty, at the plus three. Uh, just because I think that Dane Evans has not proven anything quite yet this year. And Montreal is going to want to go and try to uh, pretty much make him – uh, take that football out of his hand at any point in time. So to me, yeah, no, I'm. I think Montreal right at the moment at the uh, at the plus. Uh, Run. Yeah, I think you know what. I, I'm not going to. I mean, for our consensus picks, it really doesn't matter, I guess. But for our own individual records, because I think we'll still track those uh, separately here as well, so keep that competition going. I think I gotta agree with you guys and go the plus three here. I know he's had a bit of a quieter season so far, but I think the lack of Simone Lawrence for Hamilton is going to be a tough sell there on defense for that team, you know, going to impact them a little bit. And uh, Montreal has gotten a little bit better, uh, I, I think, in recent weeks. So uh, I'll, I'll take the Alouettes here as well. Uh, in terms of best uh, best odds here, I guess, at the plus three for the Alouettes, uh, what side are we looking at here uh, having the best odds, uh, Trey? Uh, you know, it's hard to read on my screen, sorry, but like anything below cool bet, uh, yeah, down there, they all have plus three, plus three, and then it gets back to minus two there. It's all depends on what's available in your region. Most of these sites I've never even heard of. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I stick with kind of cool bet or play now. So cool bet has a, the a plus two and a half, but I take... Uh, yeah, points bet there at plus three looks good. Uh, I'm actually surprised they have... Munster uh, Hamilton favored. I would put Montreal favored, but again, if I was important enough to make the 
the point spread, I wouldn't be on the podcast with you guys. I'd be making six figs doing that in Vegas, right? So, Yeah, and in terms of the best odds on this game across all the different books, uh, if you're betting against the spread, uh, Bet Stamp recommends uh, uh, going Montreal plus 2.5 at negative 101, and uh, we're uh, Hamilton minus 2.5 at negative 118. Bet 99 for the Montreal pick, cool bet for the Hamilton pick there. Right, let's move on to the next game. You know, a little BC and Saskatchewan. Ooh, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm, mm-hmm. I guess I'd go back down to the points bet again. They have BC one and a half. They only need to win by two for you to get that one. I'm sorry, Adam. I got to take BC here in Mosaic. I'd, it's really tough to say that, to take the road team in, in Mosaic. But I think one and a half. They only have to win by a safety or a field goal pretty much or two rouges. So, yeah, I think I'm going to take the points bet there one, one and a half. Uh, Ryan, what do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with BC here as well. I would even actually go BC at a bigger spread here even. Uh, I think Saskatchewan has a lot of issues right now, a lot of injuries, illness, a lot of off-field issues. Uh, they did, to their credit, make it close against Toronto last week. But uh, I kind of like BC here. Uh, you know, I, I'm big on, on Nathan Rourke. I'm big on what I've seen from the Lions here thus far. And I think, you know, that's a very close line here on this game. Uh, I, I think if you have the potential here, I, I would be willing to potentially, you know, go the direction of a bigger spread on the Lions. I'm looking at this one here, and I'm saying that the Rough Riders have Duke Williams back, which is a big piece to their team. I think Cody Fajardo is going to play this game because it is a very important game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at home. Uh, let's face it, they got to go on the road after this and go and play Edmonton and then go and play in BC. Both of those are very tough places to play in. Uh, that being said, I think that Saskatchewan... You know what? This is very tough for me because I hate not taking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, but... I don't know if it's enough pieces right now. Yeah, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna go right now with the BC Lions at the one and a half. But you know what? When this gets closer to game time, uh, when Trey posts out the picks, don't be surprised if I switch it over to Saskatchewan. I have to keep my office hours open a little extra for Adam maybe this weekend. <laughs> they get the switch in, right? Now this we're, was we're a real conflict of interest. I just. <laughs> Now we're locking our picks in on the app here, our consensus picks on the podcast. So Adam, you can change your you can change your own pick if you want at the last minute. But we are locking in based on the odds we see them here today. Yeah, it's two to one anyway, even if he switches. So it's all you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, you're overruled here, Adam. <laughs> this works great. Fans. This works great with the three of us. Uh, best odds on this game: BC minus one and a half from Cool Bet at negative one ten. Uh, Saskatchewan plus two and a half, negative 115 from bet 99. Uh, over to the next game here. Yeah, the Saturday night, Winnipeg goes to Calgary. This game's pretty much a pick 'em. It's so tight. Uh, I would take the Bombers, the bet 99 one, or the Tony bet. Tony bet, I guess, has better odds, minus five there. Um, yeah. I think the Bombers should win by half a point if that was possible. Um, it's basically going to come down to whoever wins. And, yeah, I think I'm going to give the edge to Winnipeg. So Winnipeg minus five or minus 0.5. Uh, Adam? 
I yeah, I'm looking at this one here, and I mean, pretty much you may as well flip a coin because I think this game is very going to be very close, especially now that we hear that the uh, Calgary uh, running back Kadeem Carey is not possibly playing. If he doesn't, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now, and by the looks of things, he won't. So yeah, give me the Blue Bombers right now at negative point five. I mean, huh, you may as well throw it at a zero. I I don't know what to do. Uh, I think that uh, what is it there? Bet uh, Fred. I think they probably have called this the best and uh, straight up pick them. I love it when it's a straight up game like this because I don't have to worry about that dang spread that screws me over every week. If you look at my official pick them record versus my, my record against the spread. It's night and day here. So uh, I'm happy to take that out of the equation here on this game. And if I can pick it straight up, I'm going the Calgary Stampeders here. I think that's the week for the Stampeders. I, I really do. I think the Bombers win streak comes to an end here because it's Calgary coming off a bye. That game was awfully close between these two teams a couple weeks ago. And that was with a lot of blunders on the Calgary side of things that they've had time to clean up. Remember, while Winnipeg's had to go out and play in between here, all Calgary's been able to do the last two weeks is over and over again watch the film of the mistakes they made specifically against Winnipeg here. So they're at home. They're coming off the bye. I know I said earlier, you know, that Winnipeg finds a way to win these types of games. But give me the Stampeders at home here. I like a lot of what I see here. Actually, I hate to say it, Trey. Changed my bet already. I, I uh, Ryan just said the right magic words. Calgary on a bye week. They don't lose very often on a bye week. Uh, so, you know what? I'm switching mine. I, I'm, it's, a, it's a true pick I'm in this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Stampeders. And the best odds listed here on this game, uh, if you're going Winnipeg, negative uh, 0.5 at minus 112 for bet 99. Uh, and if you're going Calgary plus one, uh, you can get negative 110 for uh, cool bet as your odds on this one here. Uh, over to the last game here of the week, the Sunday Nighter, Trey. Yeah, Sunday Night Football. If only uh, we had Al Michaels and Collinsworth uh, in the booth on this one. Interesting game here. Uh, you know, again, this one's the biggest spread of the weekend. I guess I would take Toronto minus 5.5. Or, no, there's a point minus 5. I'll take the minus 5. Um, I think Toronto's going to win this one, but I guess I would take the lowest spread just as a safety net. If you want to be a little bit more risky and win potentially more, I guess maybe risk the point five or the 6.5. But... I'm going to take minus five uh, there from points bet on the Argos. Uh, Adam? I'm looking at this right now and thinking that that's a little bit high for the Toronto Argonauts even. I think I'm going to go with the Ottawa Red Blacks and we're not going to have an undefeated team and we're not going to have a not defeat our never winning team as well. Winless team is going to come to the end this week. Uh, I think Ottawa is going to end up I take the six and a half right now for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Right. I think I'm going to have to go Ottawa here as well. I believe I'm leaning Toronto on the straight up picks, but I'm going with Ottawa because the Argos seem to find weird ways to end up in a close football game either way, whether it was that week one against uh, Montreal, was it? Or week two, sorry, where it came down to the last second missed field goal. They had another game like that against Winnipeg. It was close until the very end against Saskatchewan last week. Ottawa's improved. Toronto should win this game pretty handily, I think, but I don't think they will. So 
Uh, in the interest of I always screw myself over with the spread, I'm taking the other side of it, and I'm taking Ottawa at uh, the minus five, or Ottawa at plus five, uh, like you had mentioned. Is that how we're going to do it? Like, I don't mind giving you guys the plus six and a half, you know, because that is the best odds if you were going that way. Especially especially if you're going the two for that one. And same with the Calgary, giving you guys the plus one, because if we're going to do it on the group uh, the group app, may as well give you guys the best odds, right? Yeah, sure. Let's go, let's go yeah. that direction. Well, give you guys, yeah, recap. We all went plus three Montreal. We all went plus one and a half BC. I went minus uh, 0.5 with Winnipeg, but you guys get plus one on Calgary. And I went minus five on Toronto, and you guys went plus six and a half on Ottawa. Right on. And that plus six and a half uh, pays out negative uh, 116 here from Bet99. And that negative five on Toronto pays out minus 110 from Betfred and a couple other sites as well. Of course, there's lots of sports books listed, but uh, only certain ones apply in certain areas. I think that's our picks for the week. We'll lock them in shortly after the show. You can check them out there. Uh, very excited to see this and uh, love seeing all the different odds here available each week. So look forward to that as we go along here. Uh, anything else to add to, to round out the betting here, uh, Trey? Uh, no, just for just a recap. Uh, Adam and Ryan are tied at 15 and 12 on the season. Not bad. Anything above 500 is good. And I took the lead last week, 16 and 11. So uh, definitely our head-to-head could... Uh, because again, we differed on a couple of games with our head-to-head, so we'll see some interesting uh, standings come uh, Sunday night, I'm sure. And of course, uh, always bet responsibly. Don't bet the house, don't bet the farm, on. don't go to Vegas on anything we said here. Make sure you check depth charts as well, because that can affect a lot of things as we go along here. Uh, well, I think we're pretty much about ready to get into wrapping up the show here. We've gotten through a lot here tonight, and it's been a lot of fun talking through everything on the week eight preview, looking forward to the games to come, looking forward to a lot of great podcast content to come here as well. Uh, You don't have to wait till Monday uh, to hear uh, from the Canadian football countdown again, because we do have a special bonus episode coming out Friday, uh, audio and video Uh, Tuesday night. uh, I had a great almost two hour chat with uh, Brandon Sanders, a college football fantasy College fantasy football analyst with Campus to Canton. We talked all about the differences between the CFL game, the college football game, both the product on the field and the fantasy side of it. Uh, We took a look even uh, at some of the major fantasy players at the college level and how that translates to some of the names you're familiar with in the CFL, some you might be familiar with in the near future. So check that out on Friday when it drops on all the podcast platforms. Uh, Give Brandon a follow on Twitter as well, at CFF University. I hear he's looking for a new CFL team to root for, so uh, go tweet him up. Uh, He's fresh into the CFL. He's looking for a team, Uh, so go help him find his team here. Uh, As for what else is coming up on week number eight, uh, recap Monday night, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Uh, we'll be here, recap the games, update power rankings, give our players of the week. Uh, and then same time, same place next Wednesday. We'll do this all again. We'll go through the storylines. We'll talk CFL fantasy, and we will make our picks here as well uh, on the week nine preview. You can catch all these shows and more live every week over on a plethora of different places. YouTube, search the Canadian Football Countdown there. We're on Facebook and Twitter at CF Countdown Pod, twitch.tv slash CF Countdown Pod, and on the Game Time TV YouTube page. All made possible thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash 
Game Time TV MB. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook uh, and Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. Check out all of the other great shows from around, around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well at CF Pod Network. Uh, and uh, before you guys say goodbye, tell us where we can find everything you're up to these days. Let's start with you, Adam. Yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart One, or you can find me also on YouTube over at Farmer in Sask. If you want to watch some good videos, I uh, just posted up a July update video there of all the uh, haying and cutting and raking that you can manage and handle. I'm sure all of you are really excited to watch that. Uh, if you are and you like that kind of thing, hey, and come and talk to me over on Twitter at Adam Stewart One. Talk some CFL talk some fantasy talk whatever you want i'm here for anything tell me how great sunday night footballs have been as well i think it's a great thing for the cfl uh trey where can guys find you uh you, anyone can find me at twitter at trey mb harness it's open to guys and gals and anything in between it doesn't matter uh you want to talk star wars want to talk football uh ufc betting horse racing betting Anything under the sun. I just don't want to hear about the trash Winnipeg Jets anymore. You know, they it's that's it. I'm done with Winnipeg Jets, right? I'm, I'm even though I'm wearing their golf shirt, but it was the only nice shirt I had. And you got to dress up when you go to the Cinnaboya Downs, right? You got to look nice at the track. So, uh, but I don't want to talk about it. But anything else other than that at Trey MB Harness until they trade Wheeler, I don't want to talk about it. So that's where you can find me. So you're saying you're done with your team before even the season starts? No, I'm not done with the team necessarily. I'm done with the fans. That's I'm done with the, you know, the uh, whatever. You know, Winnipeg is maybe one of the – any Canadian stat city is the worst with hockey, right? You just can't win, and I don't know. It's yeah, – I, I wish we could make trades like Calgary does. That's all I know. I wish we could make trades like that, get rid of the players that don't want to be here, and we actually get something in return. All I know is the Stanley Cup's coming with my team's name on it here in uh, the next week or so. So, you know, should look good beside those couple Stan- uh, Tampa Bay Lightning ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you still return that uh, to its rightful owner in the near future. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CooperTrooper42. Uh, if you want to talk CFL, CFL Fantasy, again, if there's any uh, picks this week you're intrigued by, I'm always happy to discuss those um, there as well. Uh, and anything else you want to chat about, I'm always open to chat. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always greatly appreciate that. We greatly appreciate everybody tuning in, uh, whether it's live, whether it's after the fact. Uh, and I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I'm having an absolute blast with you all here this season. Uh, so much fun talking all things CFL. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.